It's Calgary's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hello, this is Mario Taniguzzi coming to you today with Calgary's podcast, a member of Canada's Podcast Network, where we talk to the entrepreneurs who are making it happen in Calgary, Alberta. So you can listen, discover, and engage. Today's guest is Terry Sidoric, who is CEO of Kordix. I got it right, didn't I? <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us today, Terry, and, and being here for, for our listeners. Tell me, first of all, a little bit about the company, uh, its history, and, and, and what it does. Sure, you bet. Um, well, Keratix was uh, formally founded in 2009. Uh, we're a software platform that allows uh, communities to come together that have a, obviously a, a common interest. So whether that be brand focused, employee focused or other, it's a situation where online individuals can come together, uh, participate in various programming, various activities, and subsequently uh, learn and, and, uh, and uh, in, engage with each other. Mm-hmm. How did you get involved? Um, well, in uh, uh, probably about, uh, was it was a 2013, um, the company had reached a stage where they had attracted some uh, external funding from Yale Town Partners. And uh, I have an association with Yale Town and was introduced to the opportunity and the founder, Shelley Kuypers, and got involved with the organization as it kind of took its next step in terms of formalization and more commercial focus. Okay, what is um, been the the business like that these days for you? Uh, considering you know what's happening out there in the Calgary economy, um, it, you know, I mean, as an early stage organization, we've certainly had our challenges. Um, we aren't directly affected by the economy here in Calgary. Most of our customers are outside of the region. In fact, uh, we provide um, the community software to a global audience. Uh, but at the same time, when we're looking to build an organization, the access to capital, the access to people, uh, the current economic uh, challenges here in Calgary have presented both uh, uh, challenges but also opportunities. So I would say it really depends on what attributes you're looking for as to what impact we've had. What's been new with the company uh, recently? Uh, well, we, we've we've been forced into um, really focusing uh, in terms of both our business model and our target audience. Uh, as mentioned before, one of the things that we provide is an ability for a brand to basically bring their brand fans into a, an online platform to basically interact with each other and as a result, learn and understand what's important to that brand base. And so, uh, you know, things that have challenged us is just getting the individuals to commit to moving to that kind of a platform support, um, how it fits in terms of their uh, internal budgeting, where it fits relative to market research versus social. So just understanding as the uh, enterprise evolves, whereabouts in the organization, uh, it's, a, it's appropriate to land. What's your vision for the company as you go forward? Um, well, we're seeing a lot of interest. I mean, at the end of the day, there's a number of things that are contributing to I think a change in the environment. Number one is technology. Technology is having such a big impact across the board. And uh, not only with the uh, organization or the enterprise, but also with the end users. In today's world, um, you know, uh, smartphones allow individuals to interact directly uh, inside of social environments, inside of groups. And ultimately, they're looking for means of which to interact with the brand. So the brands that are understanding that there's an opportunity actually to, in essence, give social a purpose 
are engaging with these brand fans and subsequently getting them involved and helping them understand you know where the product should go where the business model should go at the same time um, the individuals are looking for the organizations that are, are paying attention to that and wanting the individuals, uh, I'm sorry, wanting the brands to, to uh, align with them. So it's, it's a bit of a combination of things. So the environment has changed substantially. When you look at doing business in Calgary, uh, what are the benefits, I guess, of, of being uh, a business in, in Calgary these days? Um, well, uh, first of all, um, you know, that, that's a sort of a, uh, a loaded question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there, there are definitely benefits. I mean, obviously the city offers a lot of a lot, a lot of benefits and ultimately a balanced situation when trying to attract individuals into an organization. So I'll say things that are in essence outside of the work environment. At the same time, I mean, some of the challenge that we've seen economically as well as the different things that have happened recently relative to um, promoting investments into technologies has not helped us at all or anybody in the technology space uh, for that matter. So it's a bit of a, a two-edged sword. So there's benefits in terms of lifestyle, um, great people, uh, a very, very collaborative community. But on the other side, there are other elements in terms of building a business that are important, like access to capital, um, you know, in a situation where the current environment here is looking for diversification, trying to get money out of energy and into technology. Uh, government stepped in and basically taken away a lot of programs that were helping to initiate that process. I mean, it was early days, but at the same time, we definitely were seeing a shift where people were willing to invest because there were credits available. And so just started the process of, of starting to distribute that capital in a different way. So that's unfortunately gone away, or at least there's some, some uncertainty right now that we'll have to wait and see uh, over the long term how that will impact us. What would you say the biggest challenge is that you've faced as a company in the, in the last few years? There's been a couple. Um, you know, we we're, we provide a solution globally. So obviously, for us, it's uh, first and foremost capital, um, growth capital in this sense. I mean, we've got uh, what I view as a as a fantastic product. Um, we've got some great customers. So the challenge, uh, the next phase of, of the business, and the challenge becomes uh, ensuring that we have a global presence and so reaching outside which ultimately to do that in a fashion um, that is far-reaching as well as at a speed that uh, is of interest is requires an element of capital and that's been tough to, to for us to to come across at the same time um, you know the growth situation for us hasn't been what we would have liked and perhaps that's part of the contribution to that uh, lack of interest at this stage so we're very optimistic about what 2020 is going to bring uh, we're seeing a lot of shifts with respect to brands looking for that next evolution. You know, one of the things that we hang on to here is that social has been so popular, but in essence, you know, social is no different than radio, TV, and print was. It's a broadcast medium. You know, our product provides purpose and means by which you can interact with the community. And so we view it as giving social ultimately a purpose. So taking the people that are self-identifying and saying, you know, I like my Facebook page or I like the brand through this Facebook page. I follow you on Twitter or Instagram. We're saying take those individuals, bring them into a community that you control, provide them with content, engage with them, give them a platform of which they can contribute to the future of your organization, and at the same time, reap some of the understanding of what is important to them. Let them help you understand what are the things that uh, you should be focused on as far as next generation product and, gener and direction of the organization. Okay. As an entrepreneur and as a business person, what's the best piece of advice uh, you've ever received? Persistence. 
persistence. At the end of the day, I think one of the things I believe is that we, we as our, or I could say, if you, if you haven't gone through the experience of uh, early stage organization and uh, your assessment comes through media, uh, I think the media paints a picture that things happen very quickly. And I'm not saying that they don't in general, but that's not the norm. Uh, the norm is it takes persistence. It takes a number of years. And, you know, the, the old uh, uh, adage was uh, twice as long and twice as much money. And I think that remains in place today. So um, persistence, sticking with it, um, you know, basically driving the vision, um, believing in what you're doing, and then uh, just continue to uh, kind of march forward. Okay, I'm going to ask you some personal, more personal types of questions. Everybody's got a bucket list these days. What's on top of yours? Um, completely outside of, uh, of uh, business, um, I look for things that just allow me to kind of distract myself from the day-to-day. You know, one of the things uh, in, uh, uh, as an entrepreneur, as an early-stage organization, um, the list of things to do never ends, and it's long. And so the opportunity to completely step away, I think, provides a, a mental recharge. And for me, um, I've actually fallen in, with interest into uh, roasting coffee. And so oh, wow. I'm aspiring right now to uh, become a better roaster and, and work with the various elements of the roast profile to kind of extract the various flavors that you can get out of coffee. So I'm fascinated by that right now. I'm not very good at it, but I'm. <laughs> so when you do stuff like that, uh, do you find that uh, you get ideas about your business um, uh, when you're away from it uh, in other pursuits and passions? Yeah, yeah. I think I think the situation is more that you're just putting your, your you know your mind at ease, and so subconsciously you're processing things that kind of come forward. So whether it's you know roasting coffee or it's uh, sitting and reading a decent book or just uh, you know literally down by the river on a park bench and staring into the abyss kind of thing, and next thing you know something pops into your mind because. My world and, you know, most entrepreneurs world for the last, you know, 15, 20 years has just been constantly processing what's next, what's next, what's next. And as a result, I think you're, you're always turned on, which can be, um, it can be mentally um, uh, exhausting and therefore the opportunity to distract by removing yourself out of the day to day just provides a bit of an energy recharge. So it's very beneficial. You mentioned books. Do you read books? I do. I try to. I, I would. I, I always say I would love to read more, but I do try to at least read uh, a number of books, and especially if I step away from the business. So many times I go on vacation, I typically like to uh, to read books, both related and unrelated, for the same reasons I just expressed—an opportunity to kind of uh, mentally kind of put myself in a different place. What kind of books do you read? Um, I'm, I've, I've got a strong sports background, so I'm always looking at. Uh, uh, books that are both uh, business oriented from sports as well as sort of mental toughness. Uh, I actively coach uh, a 15-year-old uh, minor midget team here in Calgary. And so, uh, uh, you know, the mental side of the game is something that's always been of interest. And so things like that I find fascinating. Autobiographies, uh, I love to understand and see the challenges that others have gone through, you know, whether it's in the rock world, whether it's in the sports world, business world, etc. I've read a number of those that I find interesting. Um, I'm currently reading a book called Sailing to the Edge of Time with John uh, Kreshmer. And um, it's, again, just totally unrelated, but an individual um, that basically circumnavigated some of the challenges he had as an individual out on the ocean yeah. in his 30-plus foot boat. So, it's a, again, those are the types of things I find interesting. Cool. So, you mentioned your sports background. This is one thing. I also have a sports background. My first 12 years of my journalism career was writing sports. But what I find uh, these days, I run into a lot of people in, in the community here in Calgary that have a sports background, a business people. 
What do you think sports uh, gives people as a foundation for business success? Oh, yeah, yeah great question. Um, number of things. And, and again, depending on the individual, well, I'll speak from my perspective. Number one, everyone gets the idea of team. Um, I mean, in a business world, I mean, you're talking to me today, um, but realistically and understandably behind me are a complete team of individuals that contribute to the day-to-day progress of the organization ongoing. So that's number one. So being to work with individuals. Same thing with the team as far as working together is the understanding of roles and responsibilities. So no matter whether it's hockey, football, soccer, lacrosse, etc., everyone is identified as having a responsibility and somewhat held accountable for that with respect to the team, understanding that if you don't deliver as an individual, then the team as a whole can't be necessarily successful. That's for sure. Second thing is, uh, or another element would be leadership. Mm. Um, I think Depending on what and where you were involved in sports, you can come out of it with a strong aspect of leadership. So, you know, whether uh, leadership comes in a direct responsibility by wearing, say, a letter or becoming captain of a team, or you're simply an individual that steps up at a certain time in a game and recognizes that leadership role because you've brought an aspect to the game or a, a specific uh, timeline that's been important to the success of the organization. Yeah. Last thing I'll say is uh, understanding you know, the role of other individuals. And, you know, as an athlete, you have a coach. And therefore, the importance of that coach. Well, in business, I think, uh, you know, coaching is something that continues to grow within um, business. And so having a coach uh, with respect to your role is always important as well. One of the other things I've often heard from people is failure. Learning from failure and dealing with failure. Yeah, great, great comment. And, you know, and, and one of the things that, that uh, you remind me of is, um, you know, when I, when I coach my guys, the first thing I do at the beginning of the year is tell them my expectation is that you will fail. Because if you're not failing, you're not pushing that boundary. If you're always in your comfort zone, then the situation is such that you're not going to develop. And so my, my initial uh, kind of uh, talk with the guys is I'm telling you up front, I will fail. I will make mistakes, as will the other coaches. And so our expectations will be you will as well. And so giving them a safe environment, which um, they understand failure is part of development and part of basically making sure that we progress uh, as a group uh, uh, throughout the year. Okay, great. If you had uh, one word to describe yourself, what would it be and why? Um, Well, I would say grinder. Um, and I might add silent in the front of that because I'm, I'm, I'm a relatively quiet individual. I'm, a, I'm an introvert, um, proudly, <laughs> which brings with it some other things. But I would say a grinder, you know, given a task um, and given a, a specific challenge. Uh, I, I mean, I, I do what it takes to get to the end. So sometimes I find that in today's world, the timeline people uh, work within for expectations of quote success, however that's defined, is shorter than what's realistic. And so uh, persistence and sticking with it over the long haul is something that I value and believe in. And, and, and as such, I think defines, uh, you know, grinder as a definition or sorry, as a word. Um, so it, it's something that uh, I, I look to do on a daily basis. In the sports world, uh, there's a lot of routine involved, right? And uh, I'm wondering uh, in terms of uh, what you do for, for work and, and business and your life, do you have a routine that you follow every day? Um, I, you know, that was uh, it's an interesting question. I would say there is an element of routine for sure, but within that, um, there's a lot of variability. So certainly from a, a an individual perspective, you know, uh, I'm usually up at the same time, you know, six o'clock in the morning, I'm up, uh, I've got a dog, I'll walk the dog. That gives me time for that sort of thinking as well and to sort of look at what's ahead in my day. So I certainly value that 30, 40 minutes of walking um, to kind of let my mind wander and perhaps come up with some of those ideas we talked 
talked about earlier, mm-hmm. uh, into work. And then, you know, usually things start off with, uh, you know, as, as one would expect, a review of the emails, number of meetings during the day. Those can vary substantially. And then, you know, throughout the day, what have you relative to a given week. Uh, at the end of my workday, um, I'm doing one of two things. I'm trying to get myself a workout in for myself or else I'm actually heading to the rink to coach, uh, coach a hockey team. So. <laughs> It's pretty much that um, in terms of a, a daily basis, and you know, most weeks kind of follow the same thing. So, mm-hmm. certain days I'm coaching, other days I'm working out, but in between, um, you know, sort of that uh, seven thirty to six o'clock works day, um, it's pretty uh, standard in the sense that uh, you know, it's the emails, the meetings, uh, client discussions, etc. So okay. that's about as much as standardization, but at the same time, variability within that. All right, I'm going to uh, present you a situation and just want to see how you respond to it, okay? So imagine uh, there's a small, beautiful tropical island in the middle of the ocean with only one phone booth and no internet, no other technology around. We're going to drop you off there, and uh, at any time, you can use the phone booth to call us and we'll come pick you up and take you home. A couple questions. Uh, First of all, how long do you think you would last before you made that phone call? And second, what do you think you'd be doing on that island uh, by yourself? Wow. Um, yeah, uh, that would be going sort of to an extreme from what typically happens. Simply no internet and access. I, you know, <laughs> I would think um, I would like to believe I'd be able to last a number of weeks. And I think what uh, I would imagine it. The first few days could be tough because it would break what is traditionally part of my day, which is online access, whether it be to catch up on the news, sports, you know, business related emails, et cetera. So something there would be missing. I think that would need to be changed. But uh, I think after that, I would probably settle in fairly well for that couple of weeks. And I say a couple of weeks because I would imagine that after that, I'd exhaust um, both the interest of what's going on on the island, again, not knowing how big it is, but there's probably something to explore for a period of time. You know, sensing out some of the things I traditionally wouldn't uh, have on a day-to-day basis would probably fill some of that time gap. Um, ability to just kind of uh, unpack things, you know, uh, go into a state of, I'll call it kind of like meditation, the ability to just kind of inwardly seek um, some of the things that you wrestle with on a daily basis, just spend some time thinking through that. Um, but I would imagine that, uh, you know, so the two to three weeks, it might be a point where I'd want to check out. I don't know. I, I would love the opportunity to see how long that would take, actually. I think it'd be fast. It'd be a good challenge for people, I think. Yes, yes. I think, you know, one of the things I find today is that, uh, um, you know, when we do get the opportunity to step away, you know, through vacation, how many, it, it typically takes, and that's why I respond the way, it takes a couple days to get out of that routine of constantly looking, you know, to see what emails come in or what have you. And, and you know, at the same time, I find myself, you know, critically evaluating, saying, wow, this is just not, good but it's reality so i need to check out for sure yeah okay then so terry is there anything you'd like to add uh, uh before we leave today um you know I, I think i would i would kind of go back to a few things sort of on, on the on the topic of entrepreneurship and, and kind of express that you know it, it's a tough place to be um you know there's our huge challenges and if it was easy arguably everybody would be doing it and so one of the things that as I interface with a lot of entrepreneurs that I kind of echo is that the view that we get from the media, uh, albeit it exists, but it's not the norm. Um, and so these quick rises, lots of capital, 
Um, I think uh, that's ideally what people would search for, so the Silicon Valley model, but it's not the norm. And so appreciating that things may take longer than what you would expect as well as uh, require um, you know, twice, twice the time, twice the money, as I said before. At the same time, I think people, you know, the team part of it is so critical. I mean, it's not something you do on your own. You start off perhaps as an individual or a couple of co-founders. You start to build a team. But the importance of having a group of individuals that can support you, work with you, uh, align with you, um, it's heavy lifting. And uh, you need that kind of, uh, you know, team to basically have success over the long run. So investing in your people, investing in choosing your people is by far the number one priority and arguably something that as we're in that fast paced growth mode, we spe- we don't near spend enough time looking at. So that's something that I would definitely uh, echo out there as I talk to individuals or to the audience here uh, today. Okay. Thanks, Terry, for joining us today on Calgary's podcast. Perfect. Thanks very much. Hey there. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to Calgary's podcast on Canada's podcast network. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Make sure you sign up for our newsletters and write a review for us on iTunes and then connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at Canada's Podcast. You can also check out what other entrepreneurs are doing across the country. See you next time.